0: My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a work market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to America. I'll be one of my friends, just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Maybe it's take your parents to work day? Today might have seemed sedate. The Dow down 98. S&P declining 0.2%. Nasdaq edging down 0.28%. Now, there's strong data got weaker by the hour. But if you're over the age of 40, the only way to catch the biggest winners has been staying in touch with your children. Now, I'm always crediting my Four blended family kids for ideas that I never would have picked up, uh, up on at all without them. That's right. Children make you a better investor. Just look at Snap, the parent of Snapchat, which rocketed nearly 30% higher today after reporting a stunning quarter. 52% revenue up, much better than expected earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. And daily average users up 19%. I mean, this was all that people talked about today. Now, that user growth is everything because of the demographic. A long time ago at TheStreet.com, we had a brilliant advertising guy on the board. And he explained that there's a small window of time where you can create habits that last a lifetime. It's when you're in your teens to mid-20s. Once you're past 25, you're much less likely to switch to a new shampoo or new new, uh, toothpaste. Remember, when tobacco companies used to pitch ads to children, oh, they did it because that's when you're cannibal. So how do advertisers reach the younger demo? Well, they used to use TV. But we've now got a whole generation of court cutters who can't stand commercials. These days, they like to have fun online, especially by Snapchatting each other. Snap's even put some programming on the site, and it gets views. Advertisers want those eyeballs before those eyeballs get gentrified into some particular product that'll never, ever go back to their product. So how did I know Snap? Look, I'm not exactly in the target audience. But my youngest daughter is and loved its augmented reality photos. We used to put them all over me in my head, you know, all this stuff. It made me look like a rabbit, and I'm surprised they didn't do it this time because I looked pretty stupid when I did it. Anyway, when the company was coming public, I got to sit down with CEO Evan Spiegel. And what did I do? I took a picture of him. Why? I wanted to show how cool I was to my daughter. <laughs> didn't really work. Anyway, the picture was the equivalent of an off-the-record picture. So I, but I did notice that Snapchat, uh, the product, was irresistible to my daughter. So ever since the company fixed its Android app, a major and costly obstacle, I've been telling you, it's worth speculating. That's about 18 points ago. All right. How about Pinterest? Up 9% today. All right. uh, Another one of my daughters is a baker. This summer, she was always coming up with these really cool ideas, something exotically good for when I got home. Wouldn't you know it? She was getting a lot of those recipes from Pinterest. Now, I'd already met the team at Pinterest and loved them, including the investor relations person who used to be my editor at TheStreet.com. As someone who started a targeted website, I thought Pinterest could own the whole youngest travel leisure and cooking aficionado sector if it could execute. Well, it it succeeded beyond our wildest dream, especially because nothing focused the attention on, on a website, like not being able to go anywhere or do anything, including going to restaurants. Thanks to the global pandemic, the numbers for Pinterest, are phenomenal. Now, your kids won't be able to help you discover the next Coupa software. They're not that good on service now. But they'll show you the way for uh, PayPal. Way back in 1980, I couldn't wait to get that Macy's credit card to establish a credit line. Apparently, my daughter had a credit history with PayPal dating back to 2005. Why? Because she ordered so much stuff on Amazon. Even I couldn't miss Amazon, but I never would have realized the value of PayPal without my daughter. What else? One of my daughters is an artist. In my time... You drew, maybe used watercolors, but this is the 21st century kiddo, so she used Adobe. It was right about the time they went into an all-subscription-based business model, and I, I, it's why I stuck with the stock even when the numbers got choppy. I've often told CEO Shantanu Narayan about her facility with his products. I joke that you need to have the kid in middle school to truly understand the greatness of his company because these kids want to tell stories. What can you do these days if you're an artist making your own designs? Well, you can dream of having your own store. Or you can just sell things directly on Etsy, which is what my daughter did. Next can be a, a virtual store using Shopify. I knew Etsy when it was run like a charity because I lived in Brooklyn where they are. And it wasn't like a business. I actually came up with Shopify myself when it was at $100 since like I get a G now. But only because my daughter wanted to sell her stuff without setting up a, a physical showroom. And I figured, hey, you know what? That's Shopify. Next up, Google may be in trouble with the federal government for being too good, uh, but it was an inc- it's was it been an incredible performer since it became, uh, came public 16 years ago. Now, I discovered Google because teachers told me on back-to-school night that kids were using it to cheat on their homework, and it was our job to police it and stop it. <gasps> Talk about a reason to buy the stock. Holy cow. I mean, that's why I came on air the day it started trading and told you the stock could triple from where it opened. At the time, I was pilloried for being a brainless cheerleader. The stock was at 80. It's now at 1600. You tell me who's mindless. Only on Twitter, though, would that be a reason to trash me. Jimmy Chill. In the summer of 2019, my eldest daughter rented a Tesla and drove uh, from Oregon to San Francisco and said it was the most fun thing she had done in ages. A car. It's a car for heaven's sake. Well, that made my wife and I go drive one and uh, we talked to some people including a CFO who said the balance sheet's good. And I came back here and I said, okay, that's it. Buying the stock this is at 60 bucks. All the people who love Tesla hated me because I waited till 60. Well, it's at 438 now up $10 after a great quarter announced tonight. Of course, the three most obvious letters in fang Facebook, Apple, Netflix, were all names I got from my kids. I didn't know anything about Facebook until someone at the Street.com asked me if I had a Facebook page, forcing me to sheepishly ask my kids to help me get it set up. That said, I figured it out quickly enough that the pivot to Instagram came naturally. Netflix, I know it just reported some not-so-hot numbers last night, and the stock dropped 7% today. Remember, this is one of the magnificent seven. It's a story stock, which means that you should probably buy it tomorrow when all the disappointments baked in, probably by 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Then there's Apple. I realized Apple had something special way, way back when my daughter asked me for a mauve color. That's M-A-U-V, but I'm from Philadelphia. M-A-U-V, mauve, colored iPod. I was peeved. What about the white one I'd already given her? Did she lose it and didn't tell me? Nope. She wanted one in a new color because it was a fashion accessory. Like with any jewelry, she needed more options. Adjusting for splits. That was when Apple was at $5. Now it's at $116. I've been pounding the table ever since. Once again, own it, don't trade it. I've got hundreds of these stories. My daughter, who had who had fluent in Salesforce at the bottom of her resume about 150 points ago, the Workday product used in college about 200 points ago, the graduation party stage at Chipotle, which reportedly allegedly disappointed numbers tonight. Oh, give me a break. How about the vegetarian kid who liked Beyond Meat at 40? Notice, many of these ideas have stood the test of time. They survived the Great Recession. They survived rising interest rates. They survived uh, political assaults. Now they're being challenged by chartists who argue that the stocks are making double tops. I say these companies have had more tops than the 46 mountains and the Adirondack High Peaks that are over 4,000 feet, although actually five of them aren't. It hasn't stopped them from steadily working their way higher. Here's the thing. If you just listened to the professionals, you would have ended up in some stupid ETF that eliminated the single stock risk that would have created amazing rewards that they don't tell you about or be stuck with a struggling classic blue chip diversified portfolio of J.P. Morgan, Exxon, General Electric, Merck and Ford missing out on some of the best moves in history. The bottom line on Wall Street, you always want to know early and to know early, you have to listen to young people who are in their early years. Doesn't mean you can skip the homework. Lots of, my, lots of kids like MySpace and Fitbit and GoPro. Those didn't work out too well. But on the whole, these young people have a better sense of the future than we do. God bless them. So watch, listen. Maybe they'll take you to work, and you can learn something. I want to go to Joe in Pennsylvania. Joe. Hey, Jim. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jim. Joe. Thank you. Uh, my question is about Opco Health, one of your show's regulars.
1: Due to OPCO Health and Bioreference Laboratories litany of testing contracts with the NBA, NFL, many other sports, government, business, and educational institutions, as well as OPCO's
0: FDA-approved drug, Rialdi, which could end up being a major contributor to the COVID-19- It should! I don't know. I mean, this stock is just stuck in the mud of any stock that I can ever recall. It's at four bucks. We've had bioreference labs on. They do have that great drug for vitamin D. I don't know. I mean, what? let's just put it this way. It's a decent
2: spec. How about we go right now to Mark in Florida? Mark. Hi, Jim. Uh, I'm back for some of that great insight you so generously share. Oh, man, you're a nice guy. <laughs> uh, I have a question about tractor supply. Two days ago, their price target was raised to 167, but I read yesterday their straddle price ahead of tomorrow's earnings is 150, with an anticipated move of 5.5% after reporting. Their earnings are expected to be substantially lower than the previous quarter. Now, as a wise man once said, would I rather have a case of Schlitz, or should I buy more, sell, or hold?
0: <laughs> that Schlitz comment got me a lot of pressure. Okay, listen. Tractor supply. I don't want to play it on the quarter. It's a concept. It's a gentleman farmer. It's what people are doing in this COVID era. And I just went by my tractor supply. It was jammed. So I'm not willing to get you a know, tractor supply is a bad quarter. It would be uh, strange, but I would just buy more because it's where the people and the future are going. Mark in Iowa. Mark. A big Waterloo,
2: Iowa, booyah to Jimmy there in the deep
0: freeze. I'm meaning to to Waterloo, Iowa. I mean, the staff is there, right? You're there constantly, you're there. Yeah, we got a lot of Hi. Iowans here.
2: I'm looking to add to my, to my position in this stock. I got into it for a little under fifty three fifty. It was trading just under $60 a share recently, and now it's a little above and below 57 it recently reported its per-share profits could be flat to up two percent, not the down two percent expected earlier. What would be a good price level to buy more VZ Verizon? Right
0: here, I we hey, we interviewed Hans Vestberg this very morning, and this stock is shouldn't be down. I mean, it's got that four percent yield. That balance sheet's pretty darn good. I really like him. We kept giving, we were grilling him. We were doing everything we could. We could not lay a punch on that guy. Nothing. I mean, in the end, we were down on the canvas. I say Verizon is correct. Right. I, 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 if you can, stay in touch with the kids. Kids will make you a better investor. The more, the, be- the, more the better. On oh, man, Money Tonight, there seems to be a bull market in everything auto. And you know what? Also in housing. And we got ways to play everything. But you don't want to miss my exclusive with Lithium Motors, L.A.T., after earnings. Then, an oil deal I can finally get behind. I'm talking to the CEOs of the latest powerhouse play in the oil patch, and that's Pioneer buying parsley. And one of the most anticipated EV plays comes public next week. And boy, do you ever want to hear about this one. Yes, I'm talking to Henrik Fisker. Uh, I told you I would ahead of the big SPAC deal. So get off my back and stay with Cramer. we have got a raging
2: bull market
0: in anything with automobile exposure, manufacturers, components, suppliers, and retailers, especially the ones that deal in both new and used cars. Now, you've heard us talk about Carmona. That's that digital disruptor, along with the old guard CarMax, uh, AutoNation. But tonight, I've got a treat for you. Another one. Lithia Motors. L.A.D. for you home gamers, not to be confused with the L.A. Dodgers, although they're both cleaning up in the postseason. The company's a classic roll-up based in Lithia, Oregon, where my daughter used to live. She and the CEO graduated from the same college and actually Pretty cool. Anyway, these guys keep acquiring smaller deal- dealerships, and then combining them into something bigger. Dealerships are incredibly valuable, and they've also got a plan to compete with Carvana via the newly launched Driveway.com. Within five years, Matches wants to grow from around $13 billion in sales and $16 per share in earnings to $50 billion in sales with $50 per share in earnings. That's ambitious. Thanks to the current bull market, they actually may be ahead of schedule. Late last month, Lithia pre-announced some spectacular results for the third quarter. Then when they reported the full numbers this morning, they cleared these ABD raised expectations. The only problem? Stocks had a huge run from 55 at the March low to 260 right now but I think this company may be worth a heck of a lot more than a seven million market cap. So let's take a closer look with Brian DeBoer. He's the president and CEO of Lithium Motors. Get a better sense of the quarter and where his company's headed. Brian, welcome to Mad Money. Thanks for having me, Jim. Okay, so Brian, your company, people may not know Lithium, but you're the number four company in the S&P during, for a 10-year total shareholder return. How does the number four company get there, and how come most people don't know you?
3: We, we uh, stay humble, uh, we keep our head down, and we focus on our consumers.
0: Now, when you do that, it's very clear that you're a kind of a 360 company. You are a company that drives the car to you, takes it back from you. All these things that we hear that allegedly Carvana has invented... You've been doing for a long time. And yet your market cap is one what, about almost a fifth of theirs. I'm confused. Lithia's got a plan to take over the world. Why can't you go head to head against Carvana and get some more market cap?
3: Well, someday we hope to. We're, we're in the, uh, the, the forefront of being able to roll out our driveway strategy, which is an e-commerce solution uh, that provides in-home service body parts work as well as vehicles directly in consumers' homes, which is absolutely wonderful. In fact, we got a simple little line that we say is you can have your car serviced in your slippers, and most importantly, over the next two years, we'll be rolling that out market by market in the country, uh, whereas you can actually never step foot in a dealership. Again, if you so choose to.
0: No wait, a, Brian. I, I bought a car using Carvana. I bought it online. It came. I didn't look it. They took it back. They, uh, they, they said they were the only people in the country to do that. Is that wrong?
3: Well, w- with driveway now, there's 20,000 vehicles online, all used at the current time. Uh, we have a seven-day return policy. No questions asked as well. And come Q1 of next year, we're going to have another twenty to 30,000 new vehicles online. And we'll be the first to be able to provide a seven day no questions asked return policy as well on new
0: vehicles that's fabulous. let me ask you something why why are cars selling like mad when we're in a recession and we got millions of people out of work oh
3: it, it it's good fortunately, a lot of people have a lot of extra money in their pockets because they're not they're not taking vacations and they're not buying coffee uh, when they go to and from work because they're working from home, which is great to see it and as such, they're able to, to come into our, our existing traditional network and be able to buy cars and, and now soon can be, be able to buy cars directly online as well.
0: Now, people have to understand, uh, I've always been told if you want to make money, Jim, save up and buy a dealership. The dealerships are perhaps one of the great money makers. I've actually tried with some friends. They're a little expensive. Now, you've got the market cap and the cash to do it. You're buying them up, all the profitable proper ones, all over the country, correct?
3: That's fair. And We made uh, a little over a quarter billion dollars in net profit uh, in Q3, which is a good start to be able to buy even more.
0: Why would anyone sell one? Is it because uh, fa- no one in the family wants to take it over? I mean, what we found when I tried to buy one was people told us, are you kidding me? We're, our, our sons, our daughters want this. We're not selling it to you.
3: Well, I, I think there's, there's uh, three real key triggers. One is succession planning. One is manufacturer capital investments that are typically required. And then, obviously, it's about what am I going to do with my, my business after the fact. And, and I think those triggers are usually what drive the decisioning. Our acquisitions, though, take a long time. Our what? typical acquisition is a three- to five-year uh, relationship with the seller to be able to be there when they are choosing to to, to exit. Uh, and many times those those sellers end up being part of our business as well and staying with us for a longer period to make the transition even smoother.
0: One last thing. Uh, there's a beautiful park in Ashland uh, called the Lithia Park. And what's okay. your connection with that? Because that's where my daughter and I went for 20 times where she did all her studying. What's your connection to Lithia Park?
3: Well, Jim, there's a lot of connections there. I think probably the most memorable to me is that my grandfather, not on the lithia side, but on my mother's side, was the master gardener in the park when it was built in 1968. And now today, my house is one of the uh, two houses that are sitting in the middle of that park. And we're glad to be back uh, moved into the community where I was born and where your daughter was able to go to college for a number of years. And.
0: We really miss her being here. Ah, oh, you're very kind. And she loves your house. She loves your trees, especially in the fall, when she said you had the best foliage in the country. That's Brian DeBoer. He's uh, the CEO of Lithium Motors. Thank you so much, sir, for coming on Mad Money. Thanks, Jim. Good to be here. Guys, this is a very inexpensive stock. You can play the Teslas. I don't mind. But how about something that is at the top of the S&P 500 that just keeps going and going and going? L-A-D. Mad Money's back in the break. an oil deal I can get behind. Regular viewers know I have my doubts about the investability of the industry. But there are two oil producers I've actually liked. I've liked Pioneer Natural Resources and I've liked Parsley Energy. And now they're actually joining forces. Yep, last night we learned that Pioneer snapping up parsley in a deal that's worth about $7.6 billion, including all the debt. This means the two smartest executives in the oil patch whom I know, Pioneer CEO Scott Sheffield and Parsley CEO Matt Gallagher, are getting together with Pioneer Buying Parsley, which, by the way, was founded by Scott Sheffield's son. Great management, great acreage. I'm excited about the possibilities here. So let's dig deeper with Scott Sheffield, the CEO of Pioneer Nat, and Matt Gallagher, CEO of Parsley Energy. Get a better deal of, this, of get a better sense of what's going on with this deal, gentlemen. It is great to see you both.
2: Jim, it's great to see you. It's been a while.
0: All right. Well, Scott, I'm going to do you. I'll give you age before beauty, so to speak. Okay. All right. Now, uh, you've always been a big believer in the Permian, but in a different part of the Permian. I never knew that you liked this part that they are so strong in. Why do this deal now?
2: Yeah, Jim, uh, really, it's all about putting the best two Permian Basin companies with the best inventory together and creating uh, a larger company with a better free cash flow profile. As you know, um, I've been on record uh, last year uh, adopting the free cash flow profile right. uh, for the investor model, slowing your growth down and increasing your free cash flow. Um, in regard to a base dividend, which we have, both companies have a strong base, but I introduced the variable dividend concept. Most of our shareholders love the variable dividend and this com- by bringing the two companies together, we create a better company with a better free cash flow profile and a better and increased variable dividend. All right. So, Matt,
0: you're a young gentleman. Uh, you've taught me a lot about the ESG, the possibility that one day oil could be even liked by companies, by fund managers who are worried about flaring and global warming. You want to give that up? I know you're going to be on the board, but you're not going to be running the company. Well, first,
4: uh I want to hit on the ESG component. That was absolutely instrumental in this deal. And, Jim, this accelerates all of our strategic objectives, which are to allocate capital to the low end of the cost and emissions curves. Uh, Increases our free cash flow. Uh, We're going to pay down debt. Our strategy was to pay down debt to peer-leading leverage while increasing return of capital to shareholders. And, Jim, this hits uh, and accelerates all of those strategic objectives 18 to 24 months ahead of schedule. And as far as uh, the team's concerned, uh, I've actually worked at Pioneer before. I've been inside uh, the inner workings. They have an amazing team. I'm fully confident in what can be done over there. And I'm extremely excited uh, to be on the board.
0: Well, Scott, I've known you for a long time. You said something in the conference call that was quite chilling. You talked about three to four investable independents when this is over. You really think it's going to be that tough?
2: Yeah, Jim, uh, I was referring to there's four investable companies today, Conoco, Phillips, EOG, Pioneer, and Hess. So investors really want companies to invest in that are of size, $10 billion or larger. Um, so I was referring to today, eventually those other 70 independents, they're going to have to do what Matt and his board did. They're going to have to merge together and merge up and create a larger company. But they, most of them have too much leverage. It'll take a while. So I, I see continued consolidation in the industry, creating maybe 10, 10 billion plus companies um, over the next several years. And it's happening, all this acquisition is happening right now. Is that because people
0: believe that oil is not going to go back to 80? I mean, what's driving all the consolidation?
2: I think what's driving it is the uh, low premium transactions. As you know, uh, nobody's paying a market premium. Chevron and um, Oxy paid the last big premium deal. Uh, So all these low, once somebody starts a low premium deal, Chevron started it. So it shows the wave of the future. So I I, I do believe most transactions will be done with very, very low premium top transactions. Plus oil has come back from $20 oil Mm -hmm. up to 40. At least we're at 40. We're all making money. In fact, this new combination, our break-even price, we can actually grow 5% a year and pay our base dividend um, and have a break even at $35 WTI. Yeah, that's fabulous. Now, Matt, one of the reasons people get mad at me is because they say, hey, look,
0: the industry's not investable. And look, you, I don't want to blame you. But you were the one who told me, listen, they're flaring all over the place. It's not right. we got to clean up our act. If people don't do that, then the fund managers won't buy us. It was your thesis that I adopted. Now, do you think that your thesis is starting to gain some cogency? When I saw the deal that Conoco announced, all they kept talking about was ESG.
4: That's right, Jim. It's, it's the three P's, as I call it. Uh, perception, pollution and profit. Um, and we're going to deliver on those three. Uh, in spades in this combined entity and the rest of the industry better get with it or the train's going to move by pretty quickly. Um, We have to put uh, the pollution problem, which I couch as emissions, um, we have to put that front and center and improve in every single facet and get there very aggressively. Uh, We did so with the recent acquisition and we're going to continue to press on that as a combined company. Uh, As we start generating profits, that's going to help the combination of those two increase the perception of the industry it does great things for the world uh the polymers inside the n95 mass that come from the plastics in our industry and is saving millions of lives uh so we have to we have to deliver better financial results uh in a in a high environmental friendly manner
0: all right well, one last question scott i know your son started uh parsley i know he's not was not on the conference call i know that at one point you retired you weren't that happy then you came back if we buy uh pioneer and we buy it in the year of COVID, who knows whether maybe things get better. Are we getting you? Are we getting you, sir?
2: Uh, my I'm going to stay here long-term. Uh, we do have our own succession plans. We do have people like Matt Gallagher on the board. Uh, I didn't invest in restaurants. I was always great to hear your stories. I'm, <laughs> I feel sad about your restaurant uh, up in New York city, Yeah, uh, but I did enjoy Santa Fe, New Mexico. I did enjoy fly fishing, uh, and I'm glad I'm back at the wheel. Uh, but we're still going to continue to work on succession. Uh, I don't want to work until I'm 80 years old. I promise you that. So. Well, there you go. Well, look, gentlemen, you've got one that's investable. It's the one that I'm
0: going to be talking about from now on. Everybody else, Edinburgh, listen up, because this is the one to buy if you want one in the oil patch. Scott Sheffield of Pioneer, the master, Matt Gallagher of Parsley, who's taught me so much of what oil companies can be. Mad Money's back yet to the break. Here we go. Next week, one of the most anticipated electric vehicle plays, Fisker Inc., comes public via merger with Spartan Energy Acquisition Corp. Over the last month, I told you to steer clear of this one because it's too early. It's an early stage company, too speculative. But we got a ton of pushback, particularly on Twitter, from some very smart people. By all accounts, CEO Henrik Fisker, Fisker's an absolute genius when it comes to designing cars. We're stipulating. On top of that, lately the story's gotten more positive. The company added Bill McDermott, friend of the show, CEO of ServiceNow, to its board of directors. And I respect his judgment tremendously. Then just last week, Fisker announced a major strategic partnership with Magna International. That's a gigantic auto parts maker. Plus, Spartan Energy stock, symbol SPAQ, keeps pulling back, and every time it goes lower, this story does get more attractive. But with Fisker's first vehicle, an electric SUV, not expected for another two years, is this story still too early? I think it deserves a closer look. So let's check in with Henrik Fisker, the chairman and CEO of Fisker, Inc., to get a better read on the situation going to the company's public debut. Mr. Fisker, glad to have you on Mad Money. It's great to be here. I love the show, Jim. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, All right. So let's go uh, to the heart of the matter, which is that there is there almost universally you're considered to be, frankly, the best designer of cars in the world. But do we get more than just the design when we buy this new SPAC more than just good blueprints and a great looking car?
1: So, you know, Jim, uh, first of all, the car industry is probably the most complex industry in the world. And, you know, I have been through a, a lot of difficulty. I've taken lessons learned. And in the day, there's only two people on this planet who's actually put an electric vehicle on the market globally certified from an EV startup. And that's Elon and myself. So I've been through it. I've done it. And I've taken all these lessons learned. And one of the most important things is getting a car out on time, on, at quality, and at the right price, at the right price point also in terms of building of materials. And that's exactly what we are doing by partnering up with the Mac. Now, that's probably
0: the most significant deal we might ever make. Okay, now, everyone accepts you're a great auto designer, but within the industry, some people, my homework says this, question, if you can get the ocean, your, car, your SUV built in big enough numbers to make a go of it, and will you need too much money than your company can get?
1: Well, actually, you know, we have a pretty firm built of materials. We have a firm... Uh, program plan and with cost put out and the reason we have that is because we're not starting from zero when you start a car from zero you truly don't really know what the cost going to be but we have selected a maximum platform that they have developed over the last two and a half years we have all the cost for this platform we know exactly what the cost going to be to bring this vehicle to market It's going to be less than one billion dollars which is pretty effective in the car industry we are raising over a billion dollars with the spec. So we're not going to run out of money. And I think that is a very important point that you're making because most EV startups run out of money before they even get the product to the market. That
0: won't happen in this case. All right. Now, let's talk about that, because your judgment is that you need X amount, one in the billion. You've got it. Um, but your pa- your past record, we focused on the fact that you've had some failures. We went to Bill McDermott. Bill was head of SAP. Bill has done an amazing job of service. Now, Bill joined the board, which influenced me greatly. He wrote today, he goes, I asked him for a quote. He goes, I believe in great comebacks, especially in the foundation of design, huge markets and incredible owner experiences. Henrik wants this. He focused on great comebacks. Why that? What is in your track record that he says comebacks matter? Well,
1: you know, look, I was out in the very early days with the Fisker Karma. You have to remember, we launched that car one and a half year before the Tesla Model S was launched. That was in the super early days with risky battery technology, et cetera. And today we are using two of the largest battery companies in the world. In the meantime, battery technology has matured. Secondly, you know, again, we're not focusing on proving to people we can manufacture a car better than Toyota, GM or Volkswagen. We are handing that over to Magna, and that is a key thing here. It's just like you've never seen Tim Cook walking down the manufacturing floor and and showing how great he is at manufacturing iPhones because he actually don't make them. And we are looking at that. We're looking at saying we want to deliver an emotional and sustainable and affordable electric vehicle, and we want to do it at the best possible terms for the customers. Why we have created a flexible lease, and we are going to have Magna build the car to high quality, and we are going to get straight out of the gate into high volumes. This platform, by the way, Jim, is shared with another OEM, so we get volume right away. We get volume pricing from day one.
0: But now, if that's the case, and all that sounds so good, I say to myself, why one of these SPACs? I want uh, to be able to have an IPO— with, with Henrik Fisker, the man who is the awesome Martin, the, the man of a fabulous BMW. I want to own a piece of you. Why a SPAC?
1: You're making a great point. You know, SPAC has actually, in my view, SPACs have replaced uh, the traditional venture funding out of Silicon Valley. Nobody wants to go into the automotive industry. is too capital intensive. And a spec actually offers you this possibility of getting a billion dollars in. In our case, I mean, we have an incredible... Backer, which is Apollo, a $314 billion private equity fund, but it offers us to get fully funded all the way to production. That, we couldn't do that. And traditional IPO, we would have to wait too much longer, much later, and then we would have to go out and raise private funding. Been there, done that. I don't want to sit with, you know, a thousand venture people around the table And listen to all the great ideas they have from their wives on how to make a car.
0: It just doesn't work. (laughs) Oh, I I, I do. I do want to say. I mean, Tim, (laughs) Tim Cook. In fairness, I mean, he's on the assembly line. Those guys all work for him. You'll be able to have control. Magna's not controlling. You're sure of that because VW Magna. You've got these partners, the big companies. How about if they say, you know what, Fisker, thanks for the design. I'll talk to you later.
1: That's a very good point, and that's exactly why we got Magna to invest six percent into Fisker. We are joined by the hip. We have a common goal of success. I mean, Magnus is as interested in success as we are. And we have actually tied the vesting of their shares into milestones that we achieve on the way to start a production,
0: which is the final milestone in uh, November 2022. And you think there's enough room? I Philip who who helped with me uh, with these questions. He's been reporting all, all day about GM's EVs. I mean, we just had Tesla tonight. EV, EV, EV. I got EVs everywhere. Is there enough room for all these EVs? I'll tell you, if I was making a $100,000 vehicle,
1: no. I've been there, done that, and it's been done, and it's been proven. Where the next frontier is is affordability with a cool electric vehicle. I mean, our vehicle starts at $37,500, and we make a profit on it. That's the key. We're going into a market that nobody wants to go into because they haven't figured out how to get into it yet. And that's really what we are doing by being asset light. We don't have to put a lot of dollars on each car. We don't have any dealer margins. We go directly to the consumer via our app, and that's where we are
0: differentiated. All right, here's the key. Henry Fisker, you have gotta come back on the show all the time, okay? Because I like what you have to say. I like what McDermott said about you, and we got open minds here, on Mad Money, and we are thrilled to be interactive with you, sir. Thank you for coming on Mad Money. Great to be on the show, Jim. That's Henry Fisker, the chairman and CEO of, of of Fisker. Guys, I don't know. I mean, I'm leaving it to you. Uh, 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 uh. I kind of liked it. <laughs> Man, money's back after the break. It is time! It's time for the lightning round. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Let's keep time for the lightning round. Donald in New Jersey. Donald! Dr. Kramer, how are you? I am doing Donald well. Trump. How about
4: you? I'm doing fine. This is from Jersey City, New Jersey. My stock is Yeti. Should I buy it? I think Shell Yeti's terrific.
0: I know we've liked it since 16. Uh, and people can say, well, listen, why do you keep pressing your bet? I think we're pressing our bet because it's got unbelievable plot lines that are expanding. I need to speak to Matt in New York. Matt! Jim, a big update. Booyah! Well, I love upstate New York, and my wife's looking for property up there. What's going on? Awesome,
4: awesome, as am I. Uh, Jim, I want to know about temp staffing and manpower. M-A-F. You know, manpower
0: is very interesting because they reported a quarter that I didn't think was that good and the stock went up anyway. What does that say? It says that better times are coming. I need to go to Sal in New York. Sal.
4: Hi, Mr. Kramer. How you doing?
0: I am doing well, Sal. How about you?
4: Okay. Give me your take on the L3 Harris Technologies. I by don't understand. You know,
0: people, have, uh, people have turned against the stock big time. They just turned against it. They like Lockheed Martin, which yesterday didn't like it the quarter. But I gotta tell you, I don't think L Harris is that bad. But they won LMT. Maybe after the election, people realize the Democrats have been a fortune on defense. And you go to Pedro in Florida. Pedro, oh yeah, Jimmy, chill. Yes. Okay, so the stock is down thirty five percent. And I know you're a fan of Dave Fortnoy, but what's your take on DraftKings? Well, I mean, look, I do some work for DraftKings. I, the stock isn't down, stock so to speak, but I think that they and Penn National are going to own gambling, and gambling's going to be legal in every state of the union in the next few years. So I don't know. Maybe start a position. I, I, I've I watched the stock go down, and this is the first time people have asked me about it. And I do work with them. I really like them. I think that it's probably a good place to start a position. Let's go ahead to Dan in Florida. Dan.
2: Hey, booyah, Jim from Wesley Chapel. How you doing?
0: I am good. How about you?
2: So my, my question is in regards to Walgreens boots. I've been holding them for quite a while, and I don't it doesn't seem like they've been doing too much for me. And I just wonder if it's time well. To look, the it's not.
0: You're while. not alone. Look, I, the Chapel Trust owns CVS. CVS and Walgreens are really in the same boat. Nobody really wants to own them. I think Walgreens is oversold, and at five percent, I think it's worth holding because they've got a decent balance sheet, and they're not all being destroyed by Amazon for heaven's sake. Let's go to Patrick in Massachusetts, Patrick. Oh Jim. Well, yeah, here. Appreciate what you do for the uh, for the investing community. Oh, thank you. Around, thank you. Today is around is around Boeing uh, stocks. My down. travel trust. Tr- tr- I literally. I don't. I didn't know. I was You know. I don't know what stocks are coming up. I just emailed right before this. Jeff Marks and, and Zeb Feeman said. I think it's sixty four one sixty four. We've got to buy more Boeing for my travel trust. But you can follow by joining the absolutesplus club. I think you buy it. Let's go to Jose in Georgia. Jose. Booyah, Jim. What an honor to be on this call with you. Uh, very kind.
2: just want to say that, uh, you know, thank you for everything you do. And uh, most importantly, you know, I just want you to know that if it wasn't for you, I would have never bought at the bottom of this market right earlier this year, right? Thank and uh, that's you. all. Thank
4: you.
0: Because you were the first money manager to scream buy. Thank you very much. Nobody will ever forget. I just that. thought it was so, overdone. It was overdone. Exactly. Thank you. What do we got? So I just wanted to pick your brain on a personal holding of mine. It's a company called MGP Ingredients. That's a distillery company. It's a distillery company. And, you know, it's like kind of like what you do with these raw ingredients. I've always liked it. I've never understood why it hasn't gone up a great deal. I think it represents a great value, a terrific, terrific value. Now i got to go to Joe in California. Joe. Oh yeah, Jimmy kill Yes. Trader Joe. This is Trader Joe from Elk Grove, California. Trader Joe, three-time,
4: man. Three-time right. NBA champ Bill Cartwright, Jim. With with the port of LA and Long Beach seeing record-high throughput volumes, and we're 30 percent of all water waterborne imports and 64 percent of all imports from China into the USA.
0: stacks of containers are just sitting. The company that I'm calling about is Texainer Holdings. I got to find out more about Tex Tanner. I don't know that. When we go to San Francisco, which we used to do before the pandemic, I would look at those giant, you know, things and say, oh, I got to buy a piece of one of those. You've got an idea. And that, ladies and gentlemen, conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning
1: Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade.
0: We keep hearing about surging home equity loans, the remodeling trade, the stay-at-home, do-it-yourself economy. Even though the lockdowns have been lifted for months, millions of people won't be going back to the office until we get a vaccine. Only about 50% of central offices are apparently even in use right now. And that's why this do-it-yourself story is here to stay, regardless of the election. The question is, how do you play it? Just in case the market drops because people sell because one guy wins or another. To get the best names, Jimmy Chill went back to the well, the Twitter well. That may not seem like a great place to pick up ideas, but when taken on mass, social media can actually do something. Let's start with the obvious ones. If you're remodeling, you need to get your supplies somewhere, and that's Home Depot, Lowe's, and to a lesser extent, Costco. I know all three stocks have moved up. We keep hearing that this market could be in for a 10% collapse, though, if Biden wins because of potential tax increases. I don't believe there'll be 10%. But anyway, look, Biden's crushing the polls. I think that that's increasingly baked in. However, there's a good chance we'll get a sell-off over the next few weeks, either leading to the election or afterwards if some people are surprised by the results. When that happens, you've got to be ready to pounce on these home improvement stocks because they're levered to low interest rates and they actually benefit from Covid nineteen. What if we drill down? Okay, the number one thing people told me they were doing—they're fixing decks. I should know. I fixed them mine. I used Azek. A z e k was actually run by a friend of mine, Jesse Singh. He came on the show when Azek came public. They make faux—that's F F-A-U-X, a u x—wood for decking that's much easier to maintain. This company's the gold standard, and its relatively unknown stock is just sitting there ripe for the grab at thirty-seven. I think it's hidden in plain sight. Trex is running, too. But before you pick that, I want you to at least talk to your contractor or maybe talk to yourself. Last night, another friend of the show, WD-40, reported a blowout quarter. If you're going to do any remodeling, you need WD-40. Everybody knows that. CEO Gary Ridge summed up this thesis perfectly on the comp call. And I quote, it seems that the more time people spend isolated in their homes, the more time, the more money they spend making home improvements. End quote. Makes sense. Another broad sweeping winner tool companies. But there's really only one tool company, Stanley Black & Decker. It dominates the whole aisle. of Lowe's, Home Depot, Costco. Hard to believe, but that sucks only up 5% for the year. I think that's wrong. A lot of people uh, bought appliances and said that they liked you and that's something that they've been doing with the money that they have. The only one that trades here is Whirlpool. The CEO, Mark Blitzer, is a man of the world who knows what younger home buyers want. Uh, at high, he want, They want high-quality products at reasonable prices. They also like the little chime when the uh, the washing's done. My daughter really likes that chime. Just saying. The company just reported a strong quarter after the close, and even though it jumped in after hours, the stock sells for like 12 times already. It's just ridiculous. you got to buy that one. Lots of people are... Painting, too. Now, you got to go with Sherwin-Williams, which bought a major competitor a couple years ago. They've repeatedly beaten the numbers. I, I wish they'd split the stock. Or look, look out from PPG, which just reported what uh, I'm betting will be the first of many terrific quarters. Uh, margin's going up there, too. we got a couple of air conditioning shout-outs. Know, I, to me, the only one to play is Carrier, a climate Control company recently spun out of United Technologies. But they have a lot of industrial and commercial exposure, too. It's in, in not a pure play on the residential remodeling story. What else? Okay, there's uh, lands- a lot of people are landscaping. That's Site One Landscape Supply. The Kitchen Redo, that's Fortune Brands, Home, Insecurity, or Masco. There are a lot more companies in the remodeling complex, but these are the best. There's only one complication. When you've got a secular bull market like this one, you don't just wake up and start buying. You've got to wait for a pullback. So the next time we have a nasty sell-off, here you go, your buy list. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. And I promise to try to find it just for you right here on May of Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. The news with Shepard Smith starts now.